0: What's going on, friends? This is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. You're tuned in to the Coruscant Radio Underground. May the Force be with you. And welcome to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, presented by the thesciencefictionary.com. I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. And Daniel. Hey, everybody. And uh, Daniel's actually here with us in the studio for the first time ever.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: So. Yep. Yep. We no no time lag between uh, so we don't talk all over each other. Exactly. We thought it would be easier face-to-face so we can actually
2: read each other's facial <laughs> cues instead of just stepping on each other all the time.
0: Alright, so we're back. We've been gone for a few weeks, but we are back and we are ready to talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, uh, just first impressions. I mean, what does everybody think? Does it live up to the hype? It does. Yes, it does. It absolutely, absolutely does. Um, I mean, I, I know that you know, there were a lot of expectations put on that show, but I mean, it, it really, really kind of nails it. And Deborah Chow did an episode, did episode three, which is an incredibly yes. strong episode and makes me even more excited that she's going to be doing the Obi-Wan series. And we're getting a lot of cool characters thrown in, but let's just start with uh episode one, the child. It's so cute. Or, I'm sorry. I guess episode one was just called chapter one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what did y'all think about episode one, our introduction to this world of the Mandalorian, our first look into the galaxy post-Return of the Jedi? It was a little bit of a slow
2: build. You had to stick with it. And then the f- the final sequence, whenever he and the IG-11 droid, that was IG-11 was the name of the ig Droid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whenever they have their little fight scene and and go through and actually find the asset, that was entertaining to me. I love the IG Droid. I'm going to go and do self destruct now. Don't do that. Right. Stop <laughs> it. Right. So yeah. you know that was that's whenever it, it picked up for me. But before then, that, that whole whole episode's kind of a slow build. And then I was disappointed when it ended at 36 minutes. Right. So because it had just picked up, and then the then the you know. The show does get better after that, but that that the episode kind of had a slow build up to it to get to the
0: end. It did. Now, I enjoyed I enjoyed the episode, and I guess for me, like there were so many things. I, I guess because I'm of of the group here, I'm a little bit more of the completest when it comes to everything Star Wars, and so there were lots of little bitty things in there that were not even like inconsequential to the story that I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I finally got to see that. Lots of Easter eggs. And so I guess for me, because I've heard a lot of people say it was kind of slow. And for me, it really didn't play that way. But like I said, you know, I was just so blown away by all the stuff that was in there, Mm -hmm. all the little, little bits and pieces of this, all the stuff we've always read about all the expanded Mm -hmm. universe stuff that, it's like, oh, my God, there it is. It's right there on the screen. It's real again. It's mm-hmm. Right.
2: And we didn't even see them in the episode, but you and I talked about the Vibra Knives. Yeah. Which is an EU thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're there. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to see my first Vibra Knife. <laughs> like, I get excited about that, too. I just I didn't catch a lot of it in the first episode. But it, and obviously you did. You caught more things than I did. But it, it just, like I said, just kind of built up kind of slow. But as far as the, the Easter eggs and bringing in the little things that, for the real fans to notice the series so far, we done a very good job of that.
0: Yeah. So what do y'all think about the, like what we've learned so far about what the galaxy is like? I mean, this is not just chapter one, but across the first five episodes, we're kind of getting slowly piecing together what the galaxy looks like with the Empire gone. Like uh, the last episode, it was kind of one of the most jarring things so far, not in a bad way, but... Tatooine, or yeah, Tatooine is very different now.
1: Yeah, the mm-hmm. kids were like, "That's not Mos Eisley. There's no people in there."
0: Yeah, it's because the riffraff is not having to all hide on the fringes of the galaxy anymore, and, right. you know, in fear that the Empire is going to find them.
2: And it, there's an a uh, um, in Episode Three when his handler tells him to, if it bothers him so bad, go to Coruscant and tell the New Republic, and right. he's like, he said, "That's a joke." So you know. It's a different government now, and it's not as oppressive. And like you said, the, the riffraff, the scoundrels, I don't have to hide in the Outer Rim anymore. Well, it's also partly because the New Republic's not very effective at this point.
1: Right, they seem the to be a little bit ineffectual,
0: right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we even get a line that tells us as much. I mean, right. you know, he tells him, well, you know, why don't you go to the core and said, tell a the New Republic? Joke. Right, yeah, that's a that's joke. That's a joke, right.
1: yep. <clears throat> I mean, but it's... it's about kind it's very much kind of a lawless old west kind of vibe. You know, it's like the government only reaches so far, the government only wields so much power. And I mean, I guess you know, y'all, y'all do make a point that it seems to be a bit ineffectual. So, you know, you can see where the First Order is going to start to garner some support among people who want more law and order, who want a stronger, that they want the hammer to come, the hammer of the law to come down a little harder. So it's kind of, I think, setting up a a really believable sort of scenario. Mm
0: -hmm. So, I mean, I guess really going into the beginning of this, the question was, does it feel like Star Wars? And I saw a lot of people go both ways on that. So like, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, it, it, it does. I was actually the whole time I was thinking, this feels more like the original trilogy than anything we've seen since. It does.
0: Now, it, it's a little bit raw. I mean, it, it takes some of the elements that, which is great. That's the point. Yeah. It takes those elements that Lucas built the original on, the uh, Kurosawa films and the spaghetti westerns and all that stuff, and, and boils it down to its most raw elements, and there it is It's Star Wars.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. In, in fact... I was reading an interview with Pedro Pascal, and he was saying when he asked, you know, like, what do I need to to watch to prepare this? That's what he was giving him. He was giving him, you know, Seven Samurai. He was giving him Clint Eastwood, you know, things to go go through and watch to to get kind of the feel for the story. So,
2: Yeah. Pedro actually said that there are scenes where in the middle of the scene, it's really going through his head. What would Clinton do right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, He actually, yeah. he's quoted it as, yeah. as saying that an interview David actually read. He was telling me about it. I didn't get to read it. But he was, because David got excited because he sent me a text message after he read that article. He goes, this is perfect, he said, because I'm sitting there watching this show thinking Clint Eastwood could have starred in this in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wow, well, yeah.
0: Well, and, yeah, and I like some of the cues they've done with the, uh, he, he almost uses that, that, that helmet. Mm-hmm. Like a... Like the hat. like You know, a, like that mm-hmm. cowboy hat. You know, it's... Because you can't see his face. So, I mean, just the little nods and the...
2: Right. And sometimes you sit there and think... Because we all got really excited. Or at least I did. Because I knew a little bit more about Pedro. Whenever we found out he was cast. Mm-hmm. And I still am. But sometimes you do sit there and kind of go... What's even the point? Like, you're never going to see his face anyway. Uh, but because i do I do watch it, and I mentioned this, I was rewatching it yesterday actually with my daddy, and I was uh, and my mama too, and we were watching it, and I actually told him I said, you know, I said, I know it's Pedro Pascal, even though we don't see his face, I know it's him, I really wanted some more of that red viper swagger in his walk, you know what I mean, but I do like the actor, and I think he's doing an amazing job, but yeah, I want to see a little more of that,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: I'm well, a I'm the badass on this planet mm-hmm. right now, kind and of. And we've feel.
0: we've got. I mean, the first when we the first time we see him walk into the bar, we get a little of that swagger. A little bit, and I think we're going to get more of that as we go. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the thing with this season is it's really all about introducing us because it is it's relatively short. I mean, we basically end up with about four hours. Basically, going to end up with about a four-hour movie is what we're going to wind up with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And broken into chapters and but I, I think the point of this first season, cause I mean, they're already going, I mean, they're filming they're, the second, second season is, is going to come quick. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about introducing us into this world. Cause we haven't seen this era. And that's, that's the coolest thing about it is we're, we're in an era that, I mean, frankly, right. I was not sure that Disney was going to do anything. Was in that era. And to be be perfectly honest, this
2: is the era I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Or at least let me read about more of it, of yep. what happens to Hanley and Luke during this time period. So this mm-hmm. is the time period we're interested in. It wasn't necessarily this character, but, it, you know, at least we're getting it. And I do
0: love the show right. for, for what it is. So. And so on the on the same note of does it feel like Star Wars, the other thing that was kind of a nitpick for people, and some people just didn't like it at all, is the music.
2: <laughs> I like the music, but on the question of does it feel like
0: Star Wars, not really. No, I mean, it doesn't feel like anything we've heard before in Star Wars. No, it doesn't.
1: It has its moments.
0: Well, I mean, I think the music overall has been uh, pretty good. I, I like the Mandalorian's theme. I think we're, right. I think we're the child. I think we've heard some little yeah. pieces where his theme is starting to come out. Right.
1: Well, I mean, it has its moments of feeling
0: like Star Wars. It does. There's some big moments in it mm-hmm. where it feels a little swells a little bit and feels a little more like Star Wars. But yeah, I guess the way I've been looking at it, because you're right, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything we've seen before in Star Wars. But I guess what I like about it is that we're digging into the who the Mandalorians are. And so this piece of the universe, this piece of the galaxy is getting its own feel to it, music and all. Mm -hmm. So we're developing new themes that dig into new areas.
1: And I think that it is going to go the direction, you know, I was reading an interview with the composer and he was talking about basically writing themes for different characters. And that's so I think that the approach is really a very star Wars approach to music where I think by the time it's all said and done, I think all of our main characters are going to have themes and it's, and I think that that will kind of be a recurring thing. And so maybe as it goes, it'll feel a little more um, like a space opera, even if, you know, even if the, the instrumentation is different. Uh, Maybe once we kind of start to hear more repetition um, and more really identifiable themes other than just the Mandalorian's theme. Right. Maybe it'll kind of feel a little more a little more Star Wars once well, that starts to happen.
0: I, I like that the Mandalorian's getting a theme that sounds different than what we've heard before. And I like some mm-hmm. of that. My one gripe with the music, I would say, is that, you know, we've got... We don't, we're, we're calling him Baby Yoda because we don't know who the heck he is. And they will tell us eventually, you know, he's the child. Eventually we're going to find out that. more. But when he uses the Force... We didn't get the Force theme. Yeah. When we're in space, we haven't seen the space theme. So I kind of wish that draw in some of those familiar mm. elements. I don't want it to sound like one of the Star Wars movies. I, I want new themes. And I want themes that feel a little more Western, which is what we've gotten. Right. But I still want those familiar elements with things that they go with.
1: Right. That makes sense.
0: Right. It's It almost feels like... The thing we
2: need is if John Williams and Ennio Marconi had a love child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. That was out. But anyway, so but that kind of, it, there's got to be a cross there we can get right.
0: somewhere. I, I, I just, I think we need to, even though we want new, we still need to hear some of those familiar elements, particularly yeah. when we're dealing with things like the Force. Speaking of the Force, who thought when this came out that we were going to see anything Force related in this? Nope. No, I didn't at all.
1: I did not. No.
0: No. But since we're talking
2: about that, Baby Yoda. Now, first of all,
1: so cute. Star Wars (laughs) has
2: made a huge marketing error by not giving this character a name yet because now we've just called him Baby Yoda because we don't. And now they're screwed because that has stuck. I don't care what they call this kid at He's the end of this Yoda season now. or next season. He's gonna be Baby Yoda forever. Mm-hmm. They you know right now, John Favreau is sitting there going, Oh crap. Should have named <laughs> him earlier. Now it don't matter what I named this kid, they're gonna call him Baby Yoda forever. And it's not Yoda. It's right. not. It's this is like six years after Yoda died. Right. But you know, is it Yoda's child is another question. Too. Or is it so, a, hear that a lot.
1: Or is it just another right, one of the species? There's a cloning thing going on, though. Right. That's why
2: they want him. What I really, I didn't mean to get into this topic this early. That's all right. What I really think is going on with this child and why he's so valuable is just the fact that it's a Force-sensitive child. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we're trying to do is is rebuild some Force-sensitive you know, they, they want Force-sensitive beings on their side. Right. That's right. what it is. So we're going to clone them and we're going to use them. It's the same species as Yoda because it's cute. Let's just be real world, <laughs> that's what it is. Is But the important part about him is that it is that just that he's Force-sensitive. It could have been a human child. It could have been whatever. They have found this one. This is the one they're all latching on to that they're going to use to build a new clone, whatever. Maybe not a whole army, but just to have some Force-sensitives. Right. And this is a an Imperial warlord who's mm-hmm. the
0: client. Right. right.
2: It's it's so, you know.
0: Well, and we saw some of that going on where uh, Palpatine, in, in, in the Clone Wars animated series, where right. Palpatine was trying to, you know, kind of stealing away Force-sensitive children. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a new idea but yeah there's definitely some cloning stuff going on so it's it's a matter of is this a clone or do they want him to clone him which i think is a valid a valid point i actually like that a lot better than it being a clone of yoda mm-hmm. right yeah no they they want him to be able to clone him just to
2: i don't know but as we've gone through the universe though i mean it's not like he's the only fort sensitive person left in the world that just happens to be one they knew about
1: so, but why, if there, I mean, there clearly are other Force-sensitive people, other Force-sensitive creatures. Why is this the one that everyone is so desperate to get? Because, I mean, they, they've they got the Empire. Why aren't they just, why aren't they casting a wider net for Force? If the only thing that about him is that he's force sensitive why are they just going after him and not right. and well, there may
2: be something more special about him but yeah that's and there the may key. be
0: other things going on we don't know anything about yoda's race it could be something to do with just that that race is just a race of powerful force users we've right. only ever seen two and they're both powerful force. forces we know nothing jedi about council right right except she's on the jedi council mm-hmm. and that you know, on top of the empire, really doesn't, or what's left of the empire, really doesn't have the ability to cast a real wide net.
2: That's true. You no, know, this is one they already had information on. Oh, he said the information was fifty years old. Which oh, by the way, I did the math. If Baby Yoda is like two, <laughs> but he's but he's he's fifty, but he's at the human equivalent of two. Yoda at nine hundred is only like thirty six years
0: old. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, huh?
0: I'm I'm not sure how they're going to work the uh the aging thing out. I,
2: they I, knew some geek somewhere. Oh, it was me. He was going to do the math on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen several people who've done the math. It's been done different ways. I've seen it I've seen people come up with different answers for that. Mm-hmm. But he's but, always but, not old enough to die of old age. I don't know. Going with 50 years just seemed but they they picked that number and like why? Right.
1: Well, and of course, I mean, I guess you could always make an argument that maybe they, you know, reach mature, may, maybe they like go through metamorphosis or something. Maybe it's not once like they a,
2: reach maturity, they age more normally more, ra- yeah. more rapidly.
1: More rapidly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be any number of kind of weird things like that. Yeah. And now uh-huh. if it is a clone though, if they can accelerate aging in um in the clones you know, can they, decelerate? can they decelerate aging? Is it possible that they've decelerated the aging process on this?
0: Creature? Yeah, it's possible, but I mean, again, I don't we don't know, know anything about we, the species. Maybe they don't age normally. We have a point. galaxy
2: full of rich, privileged people who would live forever if that were possible in this galaxy. Right? Because you know, the first thing the rich in the real world would do. Right. Yeah.
1: And clone themselves a new body, but but not if you can't transfer your consciousness, though. Because what's the point of no, a body? No, we're talking to about if you
2: can decelerate aging.
1: Oh, but no, but maybe they can only decelerate aging at a, a genetic clone? level in a clone before oh, it's, okay. you know. I gotcha.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with that, but I, I, I suspect there's more to the choosing 50 years. I was wanting to go back and do the math. I haven't done it exactly, but 50 years would put him, like, awfully close to the same age as Anakin,
1: Yeah, really close to the same age as Anakin. Um, Because we've got, what, 17 years between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope? Mm -hmm. Roughly. So maybe he's another something that somebody was messing with midichlorians and they got an Anakin and they got a Yoda
2: creature. (laughs) (laughs) Please, dear God, I I actually stopped myself earlier when you asked what's so special about him. I I actually thought to myself, maybe his midichlorian count is higher. I stopped myself from saying it because if we hear the word midichlorian in this show, I swear to God, I will turn it off and cancel my Disney subscription. (laughs) They they really are trying, and I think it's the right thing, to forget midichlorians exist. Let's just never address them again. Mm -hmm. It's a dumb idea. We're sorry. And just let it
0: go.
1: Yeah, I mean they can they can't like unsay it, but they can just sort of drop it. Yeah, which seems to be what they're doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the right move. If for so. nothing
1: else, just because everyone hated it so much, why would you continue to make a thing of it if something that everyone hated so desperately much? Which is why I think they they ditched George Lucas's plot treatment for seven, eight, and nine because he was planning to go all into midi that was the plan. He was going to tell us all about... Well,
0: At least what he says. The magical, now.
1: mystical world of midichlorians. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody wanted three of those movies.
2: Still can't figure out why anybody want to destroy their own lore so badly.
0: Kind of the next thing. Um, so along the way on our journey here, we've gotten to meet... A number of new characters. I mean, that's one of the things they've yep. done is we've gotten introduced to new people along the way. I mean, Grief Karga has been an interesting character. He's a little bit more on the bad side than I really thought that he was going to be.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom asked me last night, or, or actually my daddy said, that's the end of Grief, I guess. Or that's the end of Carl Weathers. And so whenever he woke up, <laughs> said, oh, no, he's not dead. I said, you can't kill Apollo Creed, daddy. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said he usually takes a big white Russian
0: guy. So, yeah, I... I'm um I kind of thought that he was gonna fall in line with the good guys, but it turns out he's uh kind of the ringleader of the uh at least one of the ringleaders in the bounty hunter guild.
2: Well yeah. That's so. exactly what well, that's what he always that did, did, did what what his character is that surprised me at all. He's going to try to uphold the rules of the Bounty Hunters Guild. He uh-huh. is Yeah. He hands out the assignments for crying out loud. Right. He has to uphold that. He has to, that's, that's his job. Keep that going. Keep their integrity. Right. Right.
0: So what are some of the other characters we've been introduced to that y'all like? My favorite
2: one is Cara Doon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's the the best supporting
2: character on the show and we are going to see her again. And I'm excited about it. Oh, really? Has
1: that been confirmed?
0: Oh, no, I know, but I, we're we're definitely we're seeing see her again.
1: Well, you know, though, I thought because her and IG-11 were the, you know, we're like in all the promotional art and stuff. And they killed off IG-11 in the first episode. So after we flew away from doing, I was like, well, maybe that's the end of her too.
2: Nobody's ever repaired a droid, though. They are machines. Yeah, it's yeah. true. If his memory core is not damaged, tie some wires back together and
0: send it back on, on out there. So yeah, I I think we're going to see both those characters again. But uh, I hope so. but Cara Dune has has really been a good character.
1: Yeah, she was great.
2: She's um, the most interesting for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I uh, really expected um, Fennec Shand to last a little longer than she did. What do you think? Do we think she's actually dead, or you think
2: she's not dead? I don't did think y'all she's dead. watch the end of the episode. We did. I, I did. Okay.
1: I, I don't think she's dead, but... Well, we're not going I'm through not the thing the only...
0: of somebody going and finding her just for her to be dead. So, since somebody did turn up, since we, we touched on that now, who is it?
1: I assumed it was Carl Weathers, whose character name I can't remember.
0: The
2: only thing that gets me is clink, clink, clink. <laughs> Andrew's nodding <laughs> right now. Yeah. That's the only thing throwing me off because it doesn't look like him at all. It doesn't. But... Chink, it sure sounds chink, like him. chink. I'm like, this, you got to be freaking kidding me! And I actually went back and rewatched *Empire Strikes Back* that day, just to make sure it was the same sound. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, no it it certainly it certainly makes you think that it might be Boba Fett.
2: The only other really prevailing
0: theory that gets some credence with me is Cad Bane. I do. I, I agree with that. Filoni wrote that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of only two episodes that weren't written by Favreau. You know, Filoni likes to bring his characters back.
1: He does. He really does. I'd be okay if it was Cad Bane. Or uh, I'd be okay if it was Hondo, too. I don't think it's Hondo. But wouldn't that be fun? Well,
0: it's also in the Aftermath books. It's where his armor shows the up. armor shows up. So, I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who it is. It may just be one of our other characters we haven't met yet. But you know, there's going to be some more twists and turns along the way. If they manage to keep the whole baby Yoda thing a secret, then who knows what is left to show up in these last three uh, episodes. That's true.
1: I know. It kind of hurts my feelings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Marisha, any other characters that you really liked?
1: Hmm. I mean, I just like not necessarily real standouts. Oh, you know, IG 11 was a lot of fun. He really was, and that was that was just a really fun dynamic that they had going there with the self destruct. Don't yes, no, yeah. But I mean, I just feel like the supporting characters just on the whole have been really interesting. Even even that that first bounty he picks up, you know, I feel just kind of. I feel like all of the supporting characters have been, you feel like they have backstories. You know, they show up and they like, they're they they're, they're just, they, they seem alive and they seem like they have a whole backstory and they're going to continue having a story after we leave. And I think that's...
0: They're, they're memorable. We're not yeah. seeing a lot of characters that are just, you forget about them. Right. I mean, even, um, I have no idea how to pronounce Nick Nolte's character's name to y'all.
2: No, but that's a cool character.
0: Yeah, it really is. That was um, my
2: second favorite character. Okay. Which is
0: who? Um, Doug from episode 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's it's K U I L L. I don't know if it's Quill. Quill. It could be any kind of crazy pronunciation. I have no idea. But I have I don't remember them ever actually saying his name in an episode. I don't think so. so, I guess we'll have to wait for Filoni to uh mm-hmm. to say it. Or uh, Favreau one, mm-hmm. but I really liked that character. Um, I, yeah, and it was cool to see an we've never seen Ugnaughts in that light. I mean, the only Ugnaughts we had really seen in live action were in um
1: on Cloud City and
0: yeah, Empire Strikes Back when they're fighting over C three PO's head. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they don't talk. Right. But no, I feel like I mean even the um the the woman in the hangar. You know, with the with Amy, the big hair and the droids. Amy Sedaris' character, yeah. I mean that was she was fun. I know. I mean, I heard people complaining about her character, but I mean, okay. So this is what I told Andrew because you've never met weird people before. Right. I mean, there's twenty thousand people in Natchez's, <laughs> and I guarantee you, I could walk through this town and I could find that
0: person. You know, well, I mean, she was great. I mean, you know, and they went and got a comedian to play that role on purpose, mm-hmm. yeah. and. She plays the character well. People complained about the acting in that episode, but you get you get her character and she's just weird. She's this kind of weirdo that hangs out with three pit droids all day. Right. <laughs> and then and then people complained about Toro Calican. And he's literally a guy that has absolutely no idea what he's doing, but he thinks he's the coolest dude in the room. We went to high school with three of those guys. <laughs>
2: At least everybody <laughs> has,
0: right? And he's just, you know, he's not as cool as he thinks he is. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't see the problem with it. I think they played the characters they were meant to play. Mm-hmm. They're they're not perfect characters,
1: right? Well, and it's and I think that people are expecting characters t- to be a way that people are not really. You know, everybody doesn't always act like they're in a movie. Sometimes people are just weird. Sometimes yeah. people are just obnoxious. I mean, like that little bounty hunter guy who thought he was so cool. He's just, he's just obnoxious.
2: And that to me, I have my own take on that character. To me, he's Han Solo of Han Bad. gone bad. That's, and, and they go out of their way to draw that parallel, by the way. They do. And, and they walk into the cantina, he's sitting in Han's booth. Yeah. With he steals on the, the speeder table. bikes and mentions he's from Coruscant. Yeah. Like he's he's supposed to be this is what Han could have been if Han had really not had a good heart.
0: Right. He he's Han solo, but when he's faced with the decision, he doesn't have that heart of gold. Exactly.
2: Right. And it's like
1: you kind of think he's gonna do the right thing up until you realize, oh no, this is not going the way you thought. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, he's the character who thinks he knows what he's doing, but doesn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe Han was a little that way when he was younger. But by the time we saw Han originally, he had enough experience. He did know what he was doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he still had that cockiness to him. But mm-hmm. he'd earned it by then.
0: Right. This
2: is before Han earned it. And I said Coruscant. I meant yeah, He said he was from Corellia. Yep. I had Coruscant on the brain for some reason. They both start with a C. Y'all give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow up my Twitter.
0: What did y'all think about the Tuscan Raiders? And communi- the fact that we're seeing, you know, communication with... Yep. Tusken mm-hmm. Raiders. I know that had been alluded to in some of the books, mm-hmm. uh, or at least one of the books, but it's not something we had seen before. I mean, we've just seen them as these savages out in the dunes. Right. Like There's yeah. a little more to them than that.
1: And I think that I expect that we'll see a lot more interactions with the Tuskens whenever we get to Obi-Wan.
0: Speaking of the Tuskens, the Tuskens that Anakin killed, there's a really dark chapter about that tribe. Of Tuskens in that Force Collector book. You, remember, you read that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Yeah. So, so in the Force Collector book, it's uh, <clears throat> this guy. I don't know if you, you've been watching some of the stuff for uh, Jedi Fallen Order, right? And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The 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 force ability that he has—they've gone out of their way to tell us it's kind of a rare ability. Exactly. Uh, but this the Force Collector book is the same. Where you can see past events by touch, which right. also
2: helps explain what happened to Ray when she picked up Luke's lightsaber. Right. right. Exactly.
0: So this this character, he somebody tells him the story about it. He ends up not going to Tatooine in the book, but he he's learning about this event where this Tusken Raider group that had kind of traveled far from their home and settled in a new area, and they weren't doing well. And two left to go back to the main tribe to get help, food, and supplies. When they came back, the tribe had been wiped out. It was the tribe that, that Anakin destroyed in oh, Attack wow. of the Clones, yeah. So, I'm sorry, this is a an all-spoiler episode. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple of different worlds so far. I mean, we finally found out that the first place that we were at is called Navarro. They mm-hmm. finally gave it a you know gave us the name, which right. is not the name they had been kind of throwing out there for a while. But we've been to Navarro. We've been to Tatooine.
1: They didn't tell us the name of that first planet with all the ice, right?
0: No, they didn't. But
1: we got to meet Bert <laughs> briefly. So did you watch Big Bang
2: Theory. Yeah, yeah. Bert got eaten. He
1: yes, did. he did. He had a bad day.
0: Okay, so for a minute, kind of, kind of some of the other characters we've seen. Um, I mean, we're seeing more Mandalorian stuff. I mean, like real Mandalorian stuff than we've mm. ever really seen. I mean, yeah. at least we're learning what the Mandalorians look like in a post-empire galaxy. Right. I um, mean, we had empires. We knew a little bit about the political side of of Mandalore in Clone Wars, but uh, and, and a little bit at the end of Rebels, but. But you know,
1: something happens between rebels, and I mean, there's we don't hear anything about a Jedi uh, about a Mandalorian purge
0: mm-mm. up
1: until this show.
0: But I do want to know more, and I'm assuming eventually they're going to tell us more about the purge. We know some of the plans are still there. Uh, John Favreau played. No,
2: I'm, I'm sure the purge happens sometime after the Empire's firmly in power,
0: right? So, I mean, you're going to go. You have this this whole you know region of space that's controlled by a warrior race. You can go deal with them. Yeah. In fact, we leave them off in Rebels. They're beginning to reunite. Right now, we got to see. You know, there's other Mandalorians. I mean, what did y'all think about the armor?
1: The armor. She's very intriguing. Yeah. And she's definitely supposed to be the leader. You know, that's that's not just you know that uh, you know she's she's said in mm-hmm. interviews talked about you know her character being the. Basically, they pitched it as they didn't tell her what the role was, but they were like it. Th- this character is the leader of her her people, basically.
0: Well, we've clearly got. I mean, what they're setting up is we've got these Mandalorians. What's left of the Mandalorians? They're not divided into their tribes anymore, right? I mean, John Favreau's character is Paz Vizsla, presumably you know from the same clan as right. his other John Favreau's other character from the Clone Wars when he was Pre Vizsla, right? So I uh, actually really liked that character. And the first time I heard him, I was like, is that Favreau? Was mm-hmm. Like, but you know, we're getting a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff Daniel talked about from a little bit of legends, what little bit we learned about Mandalorians in Legends, where they're they're rebuilding their right. whole world. I mean, they're scattered across the galaxy. Kind of the last couple of things we wanted to talk about with the Mandalorian. Um, unless somebody else has something there's a lot of stuff I mean, we're unpacking five episodes in a in an hour episode of our show here so there's clearly a lot but you know I, I've talked about this before I don't like to do we don't put things out like immediately after something happens because right. we have real jobs and children mm-hmm. and other things so this isn't our job so We'd, We'd don't like for it to, to do. Be. We should yes. have a Patreon. Yeah. You get
2: a Patreon and all you can come make this our real job. You get listen to us for <laughs> right. If
1: a couple hundred thousand viewing you and your best friends would like to listen to us every week, we can make this our right. job so, and we can get out information in a timely manner. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but I don't like to sit down. When we watch trailers or watch episodes, I don't like doing a point-by-point breakdown because by the time we put an episode out, you've watched 30 of those. and mm-hmm. so, And so have we. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but a couple other things I did want to touch on, like I'm really into this whole Mandalorian Enclave mm. thing, and I, I, my, you know, the best moment for me of the whole season, the the two moments yeah. that I've really loved. I mean, one that made me just die laughing, and the other that was just mind-blowingly awesome was the Mandalorians coming into the fight. Yeah, <laughs> there at the end of episode three. I mean.
1: It's like those jetpacks, I got to get me one of those. Right, <laughs> but in
0: the list of things that I just never imagined getting to see in live action was mm-hmm. was Mandalorians, you know, throwing down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so cool. And uh, you know, we got some cool characters there, and I, I loved when he's flying off when he's leaving at the end, and Favreau's Mandalorian flies by yeah, and gives him the salute. salute. And I I can't decide if that's a, a I can't decide if that's an Iron Man nod or a Rocketeer nod. Maybe both. Maybe
1: <laughs> Iron Man was a Rocketeer nod.
0: Maybe it's not a nod to anything. It's just so obvious you have to do
2: it in every one of those kind of movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe so. Um, the other thing that I absolutely loved was the Mandalorian assaulting the Jawas crawling fortress.
1: Yeah, that was pretty great.
0: I mean, it was like straight out of a you know straight out of a western. You know him him assaulting the. You know, like the train heist or something, uh-huh. but he's.
1: He climbs up there and they all zap him.
0: Right. <laughs> well, the whole it's time. Like, why didn't
2: y'all just do that from the start? The,
0: the whole time he's climbing, you're going. I mean, they're almost making fun of him. They're taunting mm-hmm. him right. he's, he's climbing up this <laughs> thing. And, and, uh, I mean, the Jawas, I mean, the Jawas in this show have been amazing. Like yeah. all the way down to the end of that episode with the egg. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, All they
2: want to do is eat it.
0: Yeah, like
1: seriously. <laughs> so we're totally like dressing up as many kids as I can garner for Dragon Con, and they're going to march around one <laughs> of those hotels with an egg, because that's going to be just hilarious.
0: But you they know, the whole time with. he's climbing up, you know, he's he's throwing Jawas out windows, and he finally makes it. Because the whole time you're going, why don't they just you know shooting with a blaster and <laughs> be done with it? Well, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 10
2: of them and then Man. they sit there and say oh god they want the egg and you're like egg <laughs> yeah. what's the egg what's so important about the egg and then they just ate it right? <laughs> like really well it's like when <laughs> they, they first breakfast? like they, yeah
0: well they kind of go over and they converse about what they want and they say the egg and the the uh the ugnaught goes oh <sighs> they the egg. Egg. yeah <laughs>
2: Well, they told Buddy had to negotiate with them, and then at the same time, going, well, wait a minute. If this guy can get him to stop and come outside, then they ask for the egg. Well, will not you just disintegrate a few more of them? <laughs> like, you know, you've got the you've right. got the fortress stopped. But anyway,
0: yeah, well, nah, it was a good episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, it's like they really don't like you <laughs> 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 to disintegrate a few of them. <laughs> right. As we wrap up here, like, what so far would you say is your either your favorite? episode or you're just your favorite moment in the first five episodes mm, of the Mandalorian. Mm.
2: I told you after episode three, the one of the coolest things I've ever seen in star Wars is the Mandalorians flying into combat. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, episode three. And then episode four, or two are they're One a and one B for me. Favorite uh-huh. episodes. Uh, the only thing that got me but episode four was, they all made a big deal about this walker, about this chicken walker. And you're going, seriously? Like, it's going to be that hard for two trained soldiers and a bunch of humans to bring down? I watched a, little, a bunch of little teddy bears with sticks <laughs> destroy a whole squadron of these things, you know? So it's, it's a little... But um, I did enjoy that. I know you had to you had to give it a, a, a threat. And I, I did think it was cool the way they brought it down. And like I said, Cara Dune is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever she you know use herself as bait, she she's a badass. I like yeah. that character, and that character you can tell has got a lot of. There's a lot more to her. Yeah, she's got the most interesting development so far. Right. Yeah, and the the actress really surprised me. We talked about it when she was cast. Like, oh, that's cool. You know, she made the strong, silent, go in there and just kick butt kind of character, but she actually had a good bit of dialogue mm-hmm. and she did it well and she did it well and she carried it and you know you just, hey look maybe she can act yeah. which is a plus mm-hmm. right you know, she's been in enough films now that you know it's like anything else if you care about your craft you get better at it and she obviously has right she she handled that character very well and uh she's i want, I want to see more of her uh she is She is on the cast list for season two, correct?
0: You know, I haven't read the cast list for season two, but I would assume that she is. I'm going to be a little surprised if she doesn't show back up. I figure our last two episodes are going to be a part one and part two sort of thing. and mm-hmm. I, um, I'll be shocked if she doesn't show back up at the end. I mean, I think we're... I, I, I hate to say that it's a little paint by numbers, but I think we're we're kind of doing this thing where we're meeting characters along the way and when we get to the end, he's going to, you know, call for a little help from the people he's met along the way. Right. right. Um, so I think she's going to show back up and I, and I need Fennec Shand to show back up because I still need to see Fennec Shand and Cara Dune throw down. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Difference of styles there. Yeah. Sure. And, and well, you got the
0: brawler and the... Mulan. Yeah, the Mulan DeLorean. <laughs> yes. So, Marisha, what was your, like, favorite moment or favorite favorite Honestly, episode? Honestly,
1: I think that 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 last m- minute in that first episode, you know, whenever you see that, you know, that
0: bassinet, cradle, you
1: know, yeah. that bassinet levitates and he reaches out and he touches and it's like, oh, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, You know, that's, it's like, that's the moment where you realize that... He's found his weakness. He's he's the sort of man who's not supposed to have any weaknesses, and you re- like whenever he reaches out to touch the hand of that child, you realize he's found his weakness, and he's he's found his thing that may actually enable him to be a good person. Yeah, when it's all said and done,
0: right. And you know, talking about his weaknesses, you know, one of the things some people have complained about: well, he, his, he keeps getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. It's like. Well, within reason. It's like right. we saw him walk through yeah. a building of stormtroopers and just take them out one by one. But
2: I have also realized how much he gets hit. And they're trying to show off the best guard. They're showing off the that, best guard. And gar. maybe it is a thing in Mandalorian that you rely on your armor. But why if you wouldn't have to? Like he gets hit a lot. Like yeah. if he wasn't wearing the best guard, he'd be dead five or six times.
0: Right. You know. But he's I think the point is 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 not that he's this, I mean, he, he's obviously a fighter. I mean, he he's, mm-hmm. he's because he, he walks away in the end. I think the point is that he's a survivor. Now, I do think in that last episode, in the Gunslinger episode, I do think he took some shots on purpose from, from Fennec Shand. I think that last shot, I mean, he just stands up and stares her down, mm-hmm. which was an interesting choice. And yeah, he's leaning a little heavy on that Beskar, but... Uh, right. uh but I mean, heck, Beskar is canon now. I mean, you know, in in the word Mando, the term Mando is actually canon now. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. and Kim, speaking of, can we talk about that ice cream freezer? <laughs> that was like that was that was the funniest thing.
0: It was, but I mean, you know, they've given us a backstory for the original ice cream freezer in Empire Strikes Back, and uh, but it was cool to see one in actual use. Mm-hmm. Data core, um, I saw,
1: that. I was like. That's hilarious. You know that John Favreau and Dave That's, Pelloni but I had mean, so you know, much They were getting by
2: on making props out of everything they could find back then. I mean, Absolutely. It is it is. That's why we have trash can droids for crying out loud. Right. Right.
0: And, you know, your your movie's expensive enough and you're going over budget every time. And, you know, yeah. it was like Empire Strikes Back, I mean, somebody asked George Lucas about it one time and he was like, you know, this is all me. So this is my money. This is my company. Like, if this goes, if this fails... I fail, like I'm done. Don't mm-hmm. mm-hmm. be
2: another George Lucas production.
0: <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the journey to the rise of Skywalker. Some of these books. Yes. Um, now you haven't read Resistance Reborn yet. I have not. Um, so we'll start off. You did read the Force Collector. Yes. Yes. I did. Um, of the books, I have read all of the all of the stuff that came out for the journey to the rise of Skywalker, and it's by far the best of the books.
1: The Force Collector. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, What did you think
1: about the book? I really enjoyed it. It did not go the direction I was expecting. Um, I mean, I I think whenever... I mean, how spoiler heavy are we going?
0: um, All the spoilers? Yeah, all the spoilers.
1: Okay. Um, Whenever he decided not to be a Jedi, but to be an archivist, basically, um, that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting this all to lead up to him discovering, you know whatever it was he needed to be, you know, eventually go track down Luke Skywalker, whatever it was he's going to do eventually. Um, but I, I thought it was really intriguing. He went some really interesting places. He, uh, And I think that the story, although it doesn't feel necessarily really relevant to anything that we've seen so far, at least, um, I think that it may be important going forward you know, for where the direction the story is going to go from here out. So I'm, I'm interested to see what it, what it's going to go.
0: Yeah. I, I'm well, I'm curious to see how, I mean, it was listed as one of the journey to the rise of Skywalker. Right. Books, which to me should mean that it's got something that ties in directly. I don't know that it actually does. We'll have to see how right. that plays out.
1: Now it definitely does. You know, as Daniel mentioned earlier, um, Does definitely give some context for Ray's Force Vision in that first, um, in that first movie in
0: in the Force Awakens. Maybe, but at this point, we've never seen that Ray has that ability. She's never, you know, is as far as she's she's never touched anything that she got that sort of reading from, other than that lightsaber. Right. That's true. Um. So I'm not sure. Also, we talked about, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, I'm not sure how they're going to play that, but I don't think that's Ray's ability. Now, that guy could still factor into what we're going to see in this, and I, I don't really know. I, I'm curious to see how it connects because yeah. I don't really see a valid way to connect it at this point. Right. I'm not sure that that's Ray's ability also is... I'm not sure it makes sense. Right. Also, it creates an additional problem with Ray, with Ray being a little overpowered, I guess, in some yeah. ways, where this guy had a lot of problems. Right. With these visions. Now, we saw That's him true. get stronger and stronger as the story went. Yeah. But, I mean, debilitating seizures, headaches. Right. Um, passing out, you know, all sorts of stuff that, that. So. Her just having that power and...
1: And none of the side effects could be problematic.
0: So, but I don't know. I really liked it. Um I, I did take a weird turn at the end with the the whole um him deciding not to pursue being a Jedi. That that wasn't coming his to the realization power. that that's not what his destiny was. His destiny was to tell the story. I actually find it really interesting and want to know now if we should consider this character...
1: Our narrator. Our narrator. He's the one writing the crawls.
0: Yeah, I mean well, I mean our not the crawls necessarily, but our historian that's yeah. He he's the only one that we know of out there that has begun to connect the pieces of what actually happened right to the Jedi. So as far as we know, he's the only in universe person that can tell us the story.
1: It's true. Yeah. And, and so it maybe ends, it's not R2, maybe it's the force collector.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, or well, maybe the original the forest idea the collector was that it has would be, his
1: brain put into a droid and he is our <laughs> 2 <laughs> we're going to go a little Doctor Who here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, um but a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, you know, as far as this big grand story, I mean, I feel like we're it basically walks us through a story we already know. In right. a lot of ways. But I did like the character. They give you enough of the character to make you like the character.
1: Yeah. And is, you know, his kind of supporting characters are, you know, his grandmother, his friend, his, you know, his droid.
0: Well, and the fact that we have another, we were introduced to another Jedi, his grandfather. Right. Who survived the Purge. Right. So that has been a continuous theme here is that the Purge clearly missed some people.
1: Right yeah for sure
0: um which kind of again gives me hope i really like i want to see some unexpected people show up at the end of this movie they don't yeah. necessarily even have to be involved in the last fight
1: yeah we just want to see them know they're there you want to see some jason sandula show up
0: i mean we don't know anything about jason sandula he could be one of the knights of Ren. he's got green
1: hair right Damn green hair? yeah he has green hair um but yeah no i'm with you i'm I'm excited about this movie. I'm really, really excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see what what things tie in.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Now, there's a couple other things. I mean, that book's certainly worth reading. Now, the other book, um, Resistance Reborn, it gives you some you know you get some good information on filling the gap of how we went to the survivors on the Millennium Falcon. Right. To suddenly there's a resistance again. Right. That being said, the story is very forgettable. Where you don't get new characters, we just kind of walk back through some old character stories. Right. You know, or reintroduced. I, I felt like the writer did not know how to write some of the other characters, but I felt like I felt like the writer didn't know how to write Ray. Right.
1: That's um, a problem.
0: It is a problem. As little as Ray is actually involved, Ray's almost not involved in the story at all. But Ray is written as incompetent, maybe doesn't even describe it. She needs somebody to hold her hand to walk her through everything.
2: Right. That's
0: that's a problem. I and mean, we're heading into the last movie and this is right. our hero.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you certainly didn't sell me on it with your, your son. Yeah, it was pretty much the summary you gave me. It was like, yeah, I don't know that I need to devote 20 hours of my life to this I, book.
0: I mean, you get some cool characters come back. You get the, uh, I cannot think of her name. She's the daughter of the main character in Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah. And and Shrive are back. And uh, so, some of those characters come back. I mean, we um, Wedge is back. Wedge features pretty prominently in the book. Mm-hmm. Snap Wexley, Nora Wexley. Right. So, so we get all these characters kind of coming back that we've been questioning where they were. Right. But overall, the book, other than that, it fills you in on some information. You, the, there's not a lot of story.
1: Right. And, and it. Huge win. <laughs> no.
0: So, and I kind of felt the same way about the. Um, the comic book. The comic book, the allegiance mm-hmm. storyline. Where Leia goes to reach out to the the Mon Calamari to try to draw them back into the you know into the fight, yeah, right. and it, it's um, we kind of delve back into some things that we've already hashed out with uh-huh. them because the the Mon Cala and the Quarren share a planet, share a world, right. and they're always fighting. And right. the last time we saw them, they had settled their differences, but now they're. Fighting, fighting again, and the leader of the and has called the First Order and told them that Princess Leia is on. Because why not? Right, and you know there's some good stuff, but it's basically they find out they're coming, and then they they leave Scurry and escape, off, right? and that's the end of it. I mean, there's no real. Yeah. There's did, nothing fulfilling about the story. It feels just like Resistance Reborn, where you're just getting the little bit of necessary pieces of information to understand why these people are involved with the Resistance now.
1: Right. Did you, did you read that, Daniel?
0: No, I haven't. we were talking about that before we started. I have not read and I I don't it. I don't know if that's really the fault of the writers. That's the other thing right. is I want to give them the benefit of the doubt where they're told to write a story leading up to this book or to this movie—
1: but we're not going to tell you jack about. Well, you the movie. don't you don't
0: get to know anything about the movie, or you might get to know little bits. You probably have to know little bits to write your story. But you're not going to get you're not going to have the freedom to develop our our main characters. Right. Like your main characters are there, and you really can't do much with them. Right? They kind of have to stagnate until the movie starts. Basically, right? It almost makes me think that the the whole journey to. Books are are kind of a bad idea. I don't know that any of them have ever been really great. Yeah. With, with you know with any of the movies
1: oh the the legends Luke Skywalker was really good
0: that's true I do like the legends Luke Skywalker a lot. that's true but that is it's a good, totally one, the Force
2: is good but it's, but it's totally unconnected or, or it's exactly. totally irrelevant to anything happens in the in the movies yep. right and
0: that's the same way I feel about the Force Collector I liked the Force Collector but it's really not tied to anything going on I, I'm still I'm curious to see if it has any kind of tie in at all to the movie or if it's just some sort of real loose tie in so but anyway that's kind of where we are on the journey to the rise of skywalker I, I mean the books aren't bad they're just not real good other than the force collector i really do recommend reading the force collector and yeah. it's a quick read it looks long when you look at it but it's
1: i read through it in like four hours it's I about went a it it's about night. a
0: four hour read mm-hmm.
1: i mean even uh, what iana's 10 and she read through it in a day or two. yeah our 10
0: year old read it in like two days so it's not a, not a hard read. Anyway, I guess that's going to do it. Unless anybody's got anything they want to add, I think that's going to do it for our episode. All right. Well, uh, Marisha, where can people find your stuff on the internet?
1: You can find me on princessesandpadawans.com and also on Instagram at princesses underscore padawans. And I should start to be showing up here in the next couple of weeks because I have promised not one, not two, but five children costumes, new costumes for the opening night of Rise of Skywalker. So that's what I'll be doing for
2: the next week.
0: Okay, and Daniel, where can people find you? I am Dan
2: C. Peeps on Twitter. That's all I got right
0: now. All right, and I'm Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for this page, for for this podcast, for the website at Sci-Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the Fictionary at gmail.com or, of course, not Radio Underground at gmail.com. And until next week, may the Force be with you.